Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Enjoy a tall, cool dude. What is this? What, what are we doing? What in God's name are we doing? What? Our lives! What, what kind of lives are these? We're like children. We're not men. No, we're not. We're not men. It's the nightcap. Are we going to be sitting here when we're 60 like two idiots? We should be having dinner with our sons when we're 60. We're pathetic. You know that? Yeah, like I don't know that I'm pathetic. On WGR Sports Radio 550. So then you asked yourselves, isn't there something more to life? Yes. Yeah, well, let me clue you in on something. There isn't. This should be a fun show. Should be a fun show. Last night was one of the most fun wins I've ever experienced as a Bills fan. Watching that team. Give me as many calls as we can handle tonight. 803-0550 is the phone number. You just want to dunk on New England for an hour. I'm, I'm here for that. There is other stuff to be talked about. We do have... I have one less day, I guess, than normal because the Bills game was on Monday night. But we've got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday for seeding, matchups, different scenarios that could play out Week 17 and what it means for the wild card round. Should the Bills rest their starters against the Miami Dolphins? And the influence of Pittsburgh already doing that. On the Bills' decision, Mason Rudolph will start at quarterback for the Steelers against the Cleveland Browns on Sunday, Week 17. And I think that makes the Bills' decision even easier. We'll talk about all of that a little bit on tonight's show and then as well um, throughout the rest of the week. Joe DiBiase here on the nightcap. But, like, man, I can't get over last night. Last night was awesome. It was awesome. I mean... A lifetime for an entire generation of Bills fans. Just a lifetime on just being shoved aside by the Patriots twice a season. It's not even a thought to beating them once. They're just gonna crush you. They're gonna win, what was it, 31 of 33? I don't even remember what the numbers are because they're, it's like, it's insane. Who wants to remember those numbers? For 20 years, they just dunked on the Bills. And last night, just, oh my gosh, it felt so sweet. And, and the video of Bill Belichick throwing the phone, I mean, it made the, it was the season's highlight for me. Because that really encapsulates what's happened to these two franchises 
or what state they both are in. The Bills, maybe it doesn't, it's not going to go for 20 years. Like, it's just not. Nobody does that. Go back throughout NFL history. The dynasties of the league. The Steelers in the 70s. The Dolphins in the 70s. The 49ers in the 80s. The Bills and Cowboys in the 90s. Like, it does not go for 20 years. Just doesn't. It happened once. And it happened with the Patriots. So, that's not going to happen with the Bills. But, man. Like, this is going to... Like, this... I can get used to this. 38-9 to in their own building in front of the country. Just embarrassing Bill Belichick and the Patriots. They didn't even look like they were playing the same sport. We've arrived at a point where the reason New England was so much better than you for 20 years was obviously throwing the football with Tom Brady. It was their quarterback. They They had for 20 years arguably the best quarterback in NFL history. And the Bills could never compete with that. They just couldn't. You took your shots. J.P. Lossman, if he, had, if he had turned out, maybe it would have been somewhat of a rivalry. If they had hit on Trent Edwards or E.J. Manuel, could have been the same situation. It could have worked. Where You could have been an, uh, an annoyance to the Patriots. But you were never going to compete with Tom Brady. You just weren't going to compete with the six Super Bowls. Now, now we're at a point where they are not going to compete with Josh Allen anytime soon. Not in my eyes. The way Allen has played in the last few weeks against top defenses. Pittsburgh, who is a great defense. Allen had a great game. The 49ers are a great defense. Allen had a great game. The Broncos are a very good defense, and Allen lit them up. New England last night. That was the final checked, the final box to check for Josh Allen in the regular season. He had done everything else. Thrown for 300 yards, did it, he's done it like 10 times this year. He threw for 400 yards. He proved he could throw the ball 40 plus times in a game and not have it be just because of game script, not just because you're trailing the whole way. It's because, no, it's working. He's proven. That he can improve his accuracy. He's proven that he can give star treatment to a star wide receiver in Stephon Diggs. He's proven that he can use an underneath slot receiver like Cole Beasley. He's proven that he can take care of the football. The fumbling issues that were there with Allen for the first two and a half years of his career are gone. Seemingly. When's the last time the ball got punched out of Josh Allen's arms? I mean, the guy is improving in every which way. And last night was the opponent that he had yet to play well against. His passer rating against the Patriots at 50.6 was the lowest against any opponent that he's played at least twice. It was the team he's done the worst against. And Bill Belichick does have a reputation for dominating young quarterbacks. Rookie quarterbacks more so than young quarterbacks, but young quarterbacks nonetheless. That box is now checked. I know they were missing Stephon Gilmore. They're missing Donta Hightower from before the season. They're missing Danny Shelton on the defensive line. They have opt-outs. Don't get me wrong. But that defense has been able to manage all season. J.C. Jackson is playing for them. Star cornerback, leads the league in interceptions with eight. He was playing in that game. 
He was the guy running around trying to cover Stephon Diggs, and he couldn't do it. I think the the highlight real play of the game is obviously Diggs' third touchdown. It's Allen sprinting out to his left, past the defensive end, resetting his feet, and gunning it in to the only spot he could to get the ball to Diggs for a touchdown. But a play that's not being talked about as much, which, by the way, is the Bills' longest pass play of the season, the 50-yard touchdown to Stephon Diggs. That play has almost become routine for Josh Allen. It is a 15-yard crossing pattern over the middle of the field, and it's not like Diggs is wide open. J.C. Jackson, the corner I just mentioned, leads the league in picks. He's chasing Diggs pretty close behind. If you watch that play again, Diggs did create separation, but maybe a yard or two, and that's about it. And in past seasons, especially his rookie year, there are many cases where Josh Allen's putting that ball half a yard behind Diggs, and then it's either incomplete or it's certainly not going to be run after the catch touchdown. But now it's right in stride with where Diggs is running, and it becomes a touchdown. And that wasn't, you know, personnel problems for the Patriots. That That's about as well as they could play that play with how much man coverage they run. So Allen is the goods. You know, he has checked every box you could ask him to check this season. And in turn, there is New England. And what do they do anytime soon to compete with what the Bills have? What do they do? Because it's not also just quarterback. Like, Cam Newton is shot. If, if he comes back next season, great. Because it's not just health, and it's not just the weapons he has. Those things definitely play into it. He is not the athlete he once was, and he has arguably the worst receiving core in football. But the play yesterday, which I bet you remember, Newton running up ahead in the pockets, running towards the line of scrimmage, and there's Nikhil Harry 15 yards down the field. He's open. And Newton's got nobody around him. You know, he's running forward towards the line of scrimmage, but he doesn't have pressure on him. And the way his shoulders are angled, the way he doesn't set his feet, and he guns the ball five yards in front of Harry into the dirt. And that's an area where Josh Allen deserves credit that Cam Newton never improved on. That is a mechanical issue by Cam Newton, the way he throws the football. That's not athleticism. That's not a lack of talent at wide receiver. That's a quarterback that in 10 years never fixed his mechanical issues like Josh Allen has done in three years. And he deserves a ton of credit for that. And New England, as I mentioned, what do they do to compete with Josh Allen and the Bills? Like this is going to become this is going to become customary, I think. The Bills blowing out New England. Sweeping the Patriots. Until they're about to go through the cycle the Bills went through, and maybe they get lucky, and maybe they hit on a guy before, you know, how many how many tries did it take the Bills? Six? Seven? Maybe the Patriots hit on their first or second try. Well, I guess they already haven't hit on their first try. Cam Newton was their first attempt to replace Tom Brady. That's not going well. So, maybe they hit on their second try. Maybe they hit on their third try. Maybe it doesn't take 20 years like it took the Bills to replace the guy that they had before. But... They're going to go through the cycle that we went through. Question marks, draft picks, talking yourself into free agents, trades, 
They have to start over at quarterback. And it's not just quarterback. I mean, their skill positions might be the worst in football. They don't have a tight end to speak of. Their wide receivers are big and slow and old. Julian Edelman. They are aging out on the defensive side of the football. Their head coach is a mastermind. I re- Belichick deserves credit for getting that team to six wins. That roster is putrid. But he's got them at six and eight. Six and nine now. But even the mastermind head coach, I mean, he's getting up there. And time might be running out in terms of how much motivation he has to turn that thing around, to go into a rebuild, to find a new quarterback. What is the timeline for them? It's going the opposite way in which the Bills, the Bills window is opening. Last night was the the official opening of the Bills window in the AFC East. And it was the official, more so actually than the Bills window opening, last night was the Patriots window slamming shut. For the division, what they currently have built, it's over. If they do end up competing with the Bills in the next couple years for this division, it will not be because of the players they have on the field right now. That core group is done. And last night was just awesome dunking on it. And getting Belichick so mad that he is chucking phones for no reason. Not for no reason. He, I mean, terrible challenge. Deserved to be upset. But, oh my gosh, that video is so great. 803-0550 is the phone number. I would love to just dunk on the Patriots for an hour. I do want to get to some seeding stuff. I do want to get to some playoff scenarios and who the Bills uh, could end up facing depending on what happens where. Bills versus Dolphins, Browns versus Steelers, Colts versus Jaguars, Ravens versus Bengals. All of that matters into who the Bills will play. I've got odds also on who the Bills' opponent will be, so we'll get to that as well. But first, I'm looking for your calls at 803-0550, so we'll take a timeout here. Give me your call in the next five minutes, and we'll get to you right in the next segment. It's the Nightcap with Joe DiBiase. This is WGR. That's a bad man. I don't know if y'all saw that pass. He threw the digs in the back of the end zone, but to roll away from your throwing arm on the back of your heels and to sling it in the way he did, that's a bad man. Josh is playing phenomenal football. I mean, the way that his offensive line is giving him that protection and he can go out there and sling it around the way he's done. It's been amazing watching the things that he's done, and that's why he's breaking the records, him and Diggs, you know? So for us, it's been fun. I haven't had anything like this since I've been in Buffalo. I'm happy to be a part of something like this. That's Got guys who know how to put together a football team and understand that winning formula. These are the kind of results you get. Bills pass rusher Jerry Hughes after the 38-9 win over the Patriots last night on Monday Night Football. Ding dong, the witch is dead. Six and nine are the Bill Belichick-led New England Patriots. And man was last night sweet. 803-0550 is the phone number. I've got odds for the Bills' opponent, and I've got odds for who they play if they start if they play their starters all game, or I've got odds on who the Bills play should their backups be in. I'll explain that uh, in a little bit. But first, let's go to the phone lines. 803-0550 is the phone number. Morgan and Philly is first up. What's up, Morgan? Hey, Joe. Uh, thanks a lot for taking my phone call, and uh, I just wanted to start out by saying thank you to you and all the guys at WGR. Uh, I've been listening to the the station pretty much all day uh, here, and I've loved every minute of it, and that's been true 
a couple times this year to say at least during this pandemic. So just thanks a lot for that. But um, yeah, thanks Morgan. Appreciate it. I, I just, you know, I'm one of those 30 year old bills fans here. Who's not had been, not had much to really cheer for, but been diehard about the bills my whole life. And I'm glad that you brought up 2011 against the Patriots um, last, uh, you know, during the three to seven hour, you mentioned that. And uh, for me, that was, really the greatest Bills memory uh, I had right. until this McDermott uh, era. And in the grand scheme of things, boy, that win really didn't mean much. But uh, it's a great memory, that one. But now uh, this is a new team and really a new era. And uh, these new memories, I do think, mean a whole lot uh, in the grand scheme. That win last year in Thanksgiving when the whole family was together and we, and we all got to watch the Bills stomp the Cowboys <laughs> was something I had never seen before. And, uh, and then last night, you know, I've never seen Bill Belichick throw a phone like that. Uh, yep. And I've never seen uh, anybody throw passes like Josh Allen did uh, to, into the end zone there. Um, so I'm just hopeful we have more more of these great uh, times together as Bill's nation and, and hope as the next year comes we'll, we'll have fans in the stadium and everyone can gather around and enjoy this. But go Bills. Uh, yeah, go or- Thanks for the call, Morgan. Great job. Uh, I really I, I like how you brought up the 2011 season, that game, week three against New England. But you mentioned how like it didn't really end up meaning much. And that is also what makes this different. Yeah, that win was awesome when it happened. But they went 3-10 and ten the rest of the way. And the coach didn't last much longer. The quarterback didn't last much longer. And it's not like I think everyone was 100% bought in to them as a... like We, we might have thought they could have made the playoffs, but did anyone... It's hard for me to remember. It's nine years ago. Did anyone really think we were going a 10-year stretch? Like, we had everything we needed in Chan Gailey and Ryan Fitzpatrick? You haven't had the three-year buildup like we've had with Josh Allen, Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean, and this current regime with the Bills. Like, this... It's it's where they are as an organization, where they are as a contender in the league that makes this also as sweet as it is. And you mentioned you've never seen Belichick throw a phone like that. I will say one more thing about that 2011 game that it reminds me of. Last night, Belichick, I mean, he is mad when he throws that phone. He is, uh, I mean, he's he's fuming. And the one thing it did remind me of was at the end of that 2011 game here in Buffalo, when Fred Jackson got called down at the one-yard line at the end of the game, they reversed it from a touchdown to down at the one, which allowed the Bills to run more clock and run it down to the last second so they can kick a field goal to win it. Belichick, if anyone can remember, he was livid on the sidelines. He did not want that play reviewed, but it was an automatic review, and he was losing it. And like he's usually like he's a grump. But he's usually pretty calm, cool, and collected on the sidelines. And that's two times now, which are two of my greatest Bills memories, are just making Bill Belichick that mad. It's great. It's a great feeling. Nick in Buffalo is next. What's up, Nick? Hey, guys. Uh, Joe, I love your show, Joe. You're, you're the most knowledgeable out of everybody. That's what I say. But And I'm an old guy, Joe. I, I go back to the rock pile, all right? Um, I'm happy for the 30-somethings. But there's something else that they haven't experienced yet, and that's it, the loss. 
You know, I mean, I went to Cincinnati for the championship game years ago when Icky Woods did the shuffle and stuff. I was in Cincinnati. That hurt. We got robbed by a roughing the passer call on Bruce. And I remember how much that hurt. And I also remember being at the stadium where I never thought the Bills would ever make the Super Bowl. And I looked across, I saw the sign saying, we're going to Super Bowl in Tampa. And I was in shock. And I remember winning, and I remember going to, and then losing. I dropped to my knees in the bar and started crying like a little boy. I just hope that 30-somethings don't have to experience that and have to go through life with that stigma of losing that most important game. But I'm mm-hmm. feeling about this team that they're going to beat Kansas City, and I don't even think Kansas City may even make it to the championship game, and the, and the championship game might end up in Buffalo. And it's a feeling I have. And I got two other words. Snacks Harrison. It's like a gift that Jesus has sent us. He put him on the waiver wire. And go out and get this kid. Go out and get him because that's a weak spot. Snacks Harrison. Yeah. Hey, listen to you, man. Thanks for the call, Nick. Um, On the last point there about Snacks Harrison, I, I feel like I remember reports of him being out of shape uh, when he got released. But um, that's just me trying to go off the top of my head. I, I think, I think there is a there. Kansas City's odd right now. I, I feel like a lot of the things that happened with Pittsburgh during the Steelers' eleven-game win streak to start the season are happening with Pit, with Kansas City right now. It looks different, and the way they're doing it is different, and that makes me think that it's not as big a concern in Kansas City. But they are playing a lot of close games, and they're doing it. Some of them against bad teams. The Bills won by 29 points last night. The Chiefs have won all of their last seven games, but they've won those seven games by a combined 27. The Bills won by more last night than what the Chiefs have won their last seven games by. A three-point win against the Falcons on Sunday. The Falcons, really? A two-point win against Carolina. A six-point win against Denver. Did you see Denver last week? They're they're abysmal. There are good wins in there, too. There's a three-point win against New Orleans. Uh, There's a three-point win against Tampa Bay. They've beat some good teams, too. But, yeah, the Bills right now are blowing people out, and Kansas City is just kind of, they're on cruise control. And I think once you get to playoff time, like today, I would pick Kansas City over the Bills, I think, in a neutral site. But man, a month ago, that gap, I mean, maybe everybody would have been saying that. Because the gap felt pretty big. And today, like even I tell you I'd pick Kansas City, but I would not be very confident in it. And there are a lot of people that would pick the Bills. And I think anyone that would even still pick the Chiefs would tell you the gap is very small. And that's where I'm at right now. That's really all I needed to get to. The gap between the Bills and the Chiefs, whichever side it may sway, it is tight. And that's where this team needed to get to. And last night's win, again, it's kind of the same thing. Like They blew out New England. They didn't just beat them. They didn't just get by. Winning by a, a one-score game, even if it was in New England, they destroyed them, and they kept their foot on the gas the whole way. The third quarter thing's starting to go away too, isn't it? And part of that is they are coming out 
in the second halves, regardless of how much they're ahead by, and they are playing the same way they start games by playing. They play as, as if the game is 0-0. And when the game is 0-0, this team throws the football. And that's why, I think that's a big reason why, that third quarter thing has kind of gone away in recent weeks. Kansas City, we'll talk more about them uh, in coming shows because, yeah, they're interesting right now. Let's go to Joe in Orchard Park. You're on the nightcap. What's up? Yeah, hey, Joe. Thanks for taking the call. Always enjoy the show. Great job. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yep. So it's it's funny, right? We've been conditioned as Bills fans. Keep it realistic. The bubble's going to burst. But I, this year is different. And so here's cool it would be if we meet the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl and yes. that Brady Dragon – because that's a great team. No one's really talking about the Buccaneers, but they've been playing some pretty good football, and you can never count Brady out. So I just wanted to get your read on meeting Brady in the Super Bowl because, to me, that would be like the ultimate and then beat Brady and lay that whole thing to, to rest. I think, Joe, that is my perfect scenario. I think some combination of, like, if I were to draw up my perfect rest of season for the Bills, you play Miami in the first round, you knock them off, you maybe play, I mean, who, who do we want to beat in the AFC that's not the Dolphins? Uh, the Browns, really? I don't really have ill will towards the Browns, though. I don't know. Whoever you get. You get to the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. You win that. And then beating Tom Brady in his own building, by the way, because the Super Bowl's in Tampa Bay this year. The site of Super Bowl 25, 30 years later, against... That guy. And that's part of it, too. You know, last night was great because, again, growing up as a Bills fan my age, never saw them beat the Patriots. Just never happened. The reason 2011 is so special is because it was so rare. And a lot of that is New England. But, yeah, it does kind of sting that they never had that night that they just had last night against New England while Brady was the quarterback. And that does kind of sting. I like I think fans want to beat Brady. Now, the risk in that is losing to him one final time. I mean, that would kill. So, I mean, and maybe it would have you sitting on the edge of your seat even more. I mean, what am I talking about? If the Bills are in the Super Bowl, who's not going to be on the edge of their seat? I don't care who they're playing. But wouldn't it, just, it would sting a little extra if it's Brady, but also, I mean, the Bills beating Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, I can't think of anything that could happen with this team right now where fans wouldn't love it more. I mean, I, I don't even know how to talk about that. I don't even know how to talk about that scenario. Maybe we'll cross that bridge if they start getting hot in the playoffs. 803-0550 is the phone number. Let's keep rolling through calls. Let's go to Don in Rochester. You're on the nightcap. What's up? Hey, Joe. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Hey, um, so I've been a Bills fan since, like, the Joe Ferguson, OJ era. And obviously the the golden years with Jim Kelly and, and that crew uh, was really special. And just watching that game last night, like I sort of felt like we might be on the cusp of that moment again. And of course there was like the frustration with the Bill Belichick throwing the phone thing, which instantly turned into a meme. Yep. 
And I started thinking like a connection to the Denver game where they were like first and goal on the five and they scored a touchdown, but it got called back. And I think that penalty took them to the 15 maybe. And so they scored again and that one got called back. So they were first and goal on the 30 and they scored a third time and they panned the camera over to the Denver coach and he like threw his hands up in the air. Like, what am I supposed to do to stop this guy? (laughs) You know? Yeah. I was like, wow, this team is like really special. I think I hang up and and hear. Yeah. Thanks on. Thanks. Thanks for the call. I think they are as unstoppable of an offense right now as you can find. They're, they're the chiefs. They are the chiefs offense. It's so fun. I mean, Three years I was in here saying, I want to build the offense in the mold of Kansas City. A quarterback that can make every throw and weapons that can just outrun you. That can just get open. I don't care about catch radius. I don't care about the size of the player. Does he get open? That's what the Chiefs do. And the Bills have done it. And they've they've almost perfected it. Yeah, Vic Fangio standing on the sidelines. I don't know what he's supposed to do, how you're supposed to stop this Bills offense. This is, again, four quality defenses in a row that have not been able to stop the Bills. Because it's just that combination of Josh Allen being able to make every throw, having to cover every inch of the field. Josh Allen being able to escape any pressure you throw at him and be able to recognize it. The awareness plus the athleticism. The ability to scramble and make plays. The ability to extend plays and then off script. Like, if Allen's buying four or five extra seconds on a play, no one is covering Stephon Diggs. If you give Stephon Diggs seven, eight seconds to get open, he's going to get open every time. And that, all of that, plus Brian Dable's play calling, scheming guys open in addition to their ability to get open on their own. I just don't I don't know how someone is supposed to stop the Bills offense. I don't know if there is a way. It, it we start having conversations like we had for how many years with Tom Brady. How do you stop Tom Brady? Well, a four man pass rush, right? Sure, easier said than done. We were saying that for twenty years and no one was able to no one was able to do it. Including Bills teams that I mean the Mario Williams, Jerry Hughes, Kyle Williams, Marcel Darius, defensive line. I've never seen a four-man rush as good as that one here. And even that defense couldn't stop Tom Brady. So I could sit here and say, yeah, the way to stop Josh Allen or the way teams should try to stop Josh Allen is rush four, get pressure on him, and then have everyone hang back in coverage. I don't, one, it's easier said than done. And two, I'm not even sure it works. I'm not sure there's a way. And how fun is that? That you can't stop the Bills offense. It almost doesn't matter who you are. Let's go to Jonathan and Alden. You're on the nightcap. What's up, Jonathan? Hey, Joe. Thanks for the show. Um, thanks for providing great radio again. I, as, I, as you know, I've listened a lot. I call in a lot. Yes, sir. Thanks, man. Uh, but anyhow, first of all, um, I want to mention another point. One guy, he says he wants to face uh, the uh, Tampa Bay because of Tom Brady. But I also want to face it because of Rob Gronkowski. I mean, the Buff- he's from Buffalo, and well, Williamsville, and he um, that dirty hair on Trey White. But anyhow, my initial point of calling in is um, – I'm looking at the New England Patriots this year, and I'm just so fun to see them go through a Bills-type season. Like, a couple weeks ago, they crushed the Chargers 45 to nothing, and then if I was a Patriots fan, I would be like, 
all right, we've got a big win. We're 6-6. Six and six. We need this, this, and this to happen in the playoffs, and then the season falls apart. That's happened so many times with the Bills. Like, the very the first two Bills games I ever attended was versus Miami in 2006 and Miami in 2007. Both those games, um, the, the, the Bills uh, the, the Bills uh-huh. got a big win over Miami, and I thought I got a big win to keep the playoff hopes alive, and then it all falls apart afterwards. So I, I just think of what, what the Patriots have been through, like 20 years of success, six Super Bowls, which is half of the 12 run by the Boston teams in that time period. It just makes me so happy to see the roles reversed, and hopefully this is the beginning of the success period for Buffalo. Amen to that. Thanks for the call, Jonathan. I got to hit a timeout, though. Uh, last call in the nightcap coming up next. Any last calls? 8030550 is the phone number. It's the nightcap with Jody Biasi. This is WGR. Stan, Bean has got this, this roster set up and the contract set up perfectly for us to, like, move ahead. And we're really set up to see a good team for years to come now. And so to temper that expectation, I, I, if you could touch on that for me and, and uh, make sure. sure that my 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 understanding of that is correct. But then also, like, I feel like our team is stacked right now. And, it, like, going into the draft, we have an opportunity to, like, you know, trade back and get more picks or, um, uh, you know, who do you want, right? Like, what holes? There's, like, it's not like we're filling huge gaps. Like, we need a quarterback. We need weapons for the quarterback. We need a line. We need all the – we have so much opportunity here. So I, mm-hmm. I, I, to temper those expectations, it's more like I'm looking forward also to next year and the next year, right? Um, I don't know. If, I'll, I'll hang up. Yeah, no, Nate, Nate, like I think you're right on the right track here, though, in that like this is the beginning of something. This is the start of – and you can go back to last night even. The Patriots are on the way down, and all of those holes that are filled that you mentioned with the Bills, they exist on New England. New England has holes at – Tons of positions, really everything other than offensive line and in the secondary. They have holes. And the Bills, like you mentioned, I don't really think they've got a glaring hole on the entire roster. And I think that's part of what makes them a Super Bowl contender right now. It's not just Allen's jump forward. It's that find me a position where the Bills absolutely, like, they're desperate. There's not even one. Like, once we get to the offseason... Once we get to the offseason, I will absolutely be in here banging the drum for them to draft a pass rusher. For the long term, they don't have a franchise pass rusher. They just don't. Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison are both good defensive ends. They are good. They are not great, and they are both in their 30s. That's a position that needs to be upgraded. But are we in here every week saying they can't get pressure on the quarterback? They find ways. Those guys get... They get their quarterback pressures. They get pressure from up the middle. They blitz. Like they, they find ways. So, not a glaring hole. And you're right. Like A reason that this is so exciting is, one, the core of players is young. Tredavious White, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, the running backs, Deion Dawkins. These guys are young. And... Yeah, you're right. Like cap wise, they are. So you're not wrong there. Um, the Diggs contract is very affordable. That might change. Like there are two things, two factors that could really change that to where maybe they're not able to sign a mulatto. One is Stephon Diggs getting a pay raise. I think that might be on the way. I mean, he is. He currently ranks, I think, 18th in the NFL in money paid to a wide receiver. I mean, he's he's first in receptions and yards. I would imagine he's going to want 
some sort of increase, which is fair. And then at some point, we're going to get a Josh Allen contract, and that will make everything harder. You will have to say goodbye to good players. But that might be a few years down the road, so you cross that bridge when you get to it. As For now, you don't have that problem. And Tredavis White, too, I should mention him. He's on kind of an affordable contract. I think $17.5 million, which is lower than most people thought that would come in at. So, yeah, Bean has done a great job constructing the cap, all in all. All right, I teased some playoff odds I want to get to. And this will kind of be a launch point for the next couple days in the conversation about should the Bills play their starters against the Miami Dolphins Week 17. I've got Bills opponent odds from football perspective. And they do change whether the Bills will have their starters in or will not. They are currently a five-point favorite, and it's a guesstimation, but if the backups play, they'd be a seven-point underdog to Miami, and they use the odds for likelihood of outcomes, so that matters to this. Right now, with the current line, with the Bills being favored against the Dolphins, with Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Tredavious White playing that game, their most likely opponent is... The Indianapolis Colts at 28%. The Browns at 26%. The Dolphins at 23 And then Baltimore and Tennessee tied at the bottom with 12%. If the Bills were to play their backups, rest their starters. Not all the backups, but like the important players. Diggs, Allen, White, Dawkins, that list. If they do that, then Cleveland skyrockets to being the favorite for the Bills to play in the wild card round at 45%. The Colts at second at 19%. Baltimore shoots up a little bit to 17 And then Miami at 11 Tennessee at 8 So, basically, I think what you can gather from that is, if the Bills lose to Miami, there's a very good shot they're playing Cleveland. And there's a better chance they're playing Baltimore than if they are to win that game. If they win that game, then the Dolphins are in play, the Browns are still in play, and the Colts. That's where I want to be. So this game matters. I still think they should play their backups, but I think it's important to win that game. All right, that will be something we talk about in upcoming shows. We've got the rest of the week to talk about that. Uh, fun show tonight, fun game last night, and if you're looking for any of our great content from today, Sal's Extra Point Show, One Bills Live, The Morning Show with Howard and Jeremy, and then uh, Bulldog as well in the afternoon. On demand at WGR550.com and the radio.com app. I'll talk to you tomorrow at 7 o'clock. This has been the Nightcap with Joe DiBiase. This is WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.